place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Comics now. What and welcome. Hello there. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 60 covering new comic book day June 22nd. I am your humble host Chris Latori. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And please share with a nerd friend and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Thank you so much for our theme song. Oh my goodness, Nick, I love it so much. Please follow Nick PopDs at Facebook.com slash PopDs and Instagram at P-O-P underscore D-E-E-Z. Thank you again, Nick, for making our fantastic theme song. And thank you also to my son, Justin. You can follow him at JustLAKings on Instagram for his work on our blog. And I tell you, it's a good blog. Thank you, Justin. And it's blog.sunspotscomics.com. And he just posted a new... His review on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows. So check it out. Again, blog.sunspotscomics.com. Thank you, Justin. Speaking of Out of the Shadows, just want to give a quick shout out to Sean Hudson. Thank you so much, Mr. Hudson, for listening for listening to the podcast every week. Uh, Jordan tells me you do. And for also complimenting me on my voice. That's right. Thank you. He apparently thinks I have a... Voice for broadcasting. Definitely not a face for TV, but a voice for the radio, they say, right? (laughs) And uh, so thank you, and hello, and shout out to Mr. Sean Hudson. And just a quick thing on the nerd brain, Samurai Jack. Oh my gosh. If you don't know what Samurai Jack is, you need to find out, learn it, listen to my voice. Go watch Samurai Jack. It was a cartoon series from 2001 to 2004 on Cartoon Network. It should have gone a whole lot longer. I don't know why it was only four seasons. Well, the good news is Adult Swim, starting sometime in 2016, is going to be doing season five of Samurai Jack. And the Samurai Jack voice was played by uh, Phil Lamar. And I tell you, it's just, it's a little bit of Kung Fu, the old TV show in the 70s, Kung Fu, and just an homage to every fantastic samurai movie there is and it's i can't i just can't tell you how much i'm in love with this i think now that i'm older i appreciate it even more there's just a lot of really quiet moments it's the sound effects are fantastic the music is top notch and it's great storytelling of this samurai that's wandering the earth helping people as he's trying to find Aku, the evil sort of shape-shifting demon that has thrown him way into the future where Aku has changed the future into his likeness, into his this dystopian mess, this dark fantasy, cyberpunky mess. And it is just so much fun, and there's very little dialogue to it. It is kind of like watching a comic book, which I love, and I can't tell you, I can't recommend it enough. Check out Samurai Jack. They did the announcement that uh, there will be a fifth season. They did a, a kind of a fifth season in comics. I know I think it was IDW that was doing it for a while, but I think they've canceled it there as well. But the glimpse of season five that's coming out sometime this year of Samurai Jack shows him covered in blood, like very bearded and... Uh, just uh, just worn and angry and that's kind of the tone they're going for is a little darker and I am all in completely so please check out Samurai Jack seasons 1 through 4 and the IDW comic and season 5 whenever it comes out I hope very soon 
because I'm super excited. And moving on, I have a. I'm also writing a comic book. Oh, I'm so blessed to be writing a comic book. It's so much fun. It's an absolute dream come true. I'm doing the writing, the lettering, the coloring, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing the art, and it's gorgeous. It's called Zombie Destroyers, and his uh, Instagram is at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. Please check out his Instagram. It's beautiful art, and check out Zombie Destroyers from uh, zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. I grabbed that website, and I did post the first four pages. There's going to be more to come. And, of course, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, from time to time, I put a little sneak page there, a little little taste. And just an update for Zombie Destroyers, I've just received page 9 and 10, which is a gorgeous two-page splash. I can't wait to show the world. Thank you, Jordan. It's gorgeous. I'm rewriting and uh, adjusting and doing 11 and 12, pages 11 and 12. So it's moving fast. We're almost at that halfway point. And thank you so much uh, for checking it out. Go to ZombieDestroyers.com from time to time. So without uh, further ado, let's jump into Sunspots Comics Podcast issue number 60. Let's quickly just uh, start with some comic book news. I actually have four comic book feel-good factoid freebies this week. Which, what is that? Well, comic book feel-good factoid freebies are just comic book news articles that just make me feel warm and fuzzy about the world of comic books. So this week I have four, and the first one actually comes from... BleedingCool.com, which I like to check out from time to time, and it's titled Marvel Comics Go Blue for Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. So it's happening this year, this September, that they're going to be doing variant covers with a just a little blurb at the bottom about the just trying to bring awareness to prostate cancer. There's two million men in the world right now that have prostate cancer, and if you know someone there that you know. Just give them a hug, squeeze them tight. If you if you have a loved one that has this horrible, this horrible cancer, hashtag F cancer. But I like that Marvel is uh, trying to bring some awareness to it. It's going to be a, a blurb at the bottom of the covers, and they're all going to be blue. So just very cool. I like that, and good job Marvel, just doing something a little extra. My second comic book feel good factoid freebie is from NewsArama.com. And it's Reliving Treasury Editions as the IMAX of comic books with a new Spidey release. So what this means is back in the, some somewhere in the 70s, somewhere in the 80s, they did this, this Treasury Edition, which is a magazine-sized comic book. It's like tabloid size, they call it. It's 10 by 10.2 by 13.4 inches. So it's just a cool format to read comics. I was really excited about it. There was, I remember some old Superman and some old Amazing Spider-Man back in the day that did this Treasury Edition. And they're going to re-release it. So very, very cool. They're going to move forward. I don't think it's a reprinting from what it sounds like of uh, old comics. It's going to be stepping into the new with this uh, Spidey title. So I'm going to check it out. I think it's a cool format. It's just it's just bigger. It's just bolder. It's uh, We'll see what kind of print stock they print on. But it's usually kind of a magazine-style glossy. So it just has a larger, epic kind of showcase feel to it. And I'm all in. So check out Treasury Editions. I hope there's more of them, but at least the Treasure that Marvel is doing, the Treasury Edition of Spidey. So very, very cool. And the next article comes from uh, CBR.com. At least that's where I heard it from. And I also saw it, uh, this little announcement on the DC All Access app, which I pop into every so often, that they're going to be releasing this Monday, day after tomorrow, because today's Saturday, a the Superman versus Bat- Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. So it's the rated R edition. It's the director's cut. 
that has a ton of extra footage, a ton of extra time. Looks like it's 151 minutes, which I guess is something, uh, 20 minutes of deleted footage and director's cut edge uh, footage added in or scenes that were lengthened. And so far online, some of the people that have already seen an advanced screening of it are really kind of saying good stuff. I know the reviews overall in the world were split, but... This, uh, I was not split. I love that movie. I saw it four times. I can't wait for it to be here on digital HD June 28th and on Blu-ray, because I know I will buy the ultimate rated R Blu-ray on July 19th. So I'm excited. I think I'm going to go see it again. There, You can only buy the movie passes to see this Monday, and it's only going to be Monday in select theaters. There's only about nine theaters in the entire U.S. that are going to be playing this, usually around 7 o'clock this ultimate edition of, of uh, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. So I'm actually excited about it, and I actually think I'm going to do it. If not, I'm going to be buying it on Blu-ray July 19th, but maybe one more time to see it in the theater, and it will never be shown on the theater again in this kind of director's cut ultimate edition. So I'm down with it. Check it out. Check your check the. Uh, you can only buy them on the DC Access app, so check that out if you want to go see it. And the final uh, comic book feel-good factoid freebie, it's from the Denver Post, and it says, Not your dad's view, master. Comic books meet virtual reality. So I've been kind of reading a little bit about virtual reality lately, thanks to uh, my buddy Mike and Mike. And this actually says that some RM CAD students are going to be kind of playing around with the new VR, because VR is just coming. It's just everywhere. It's already here with the Oculus. It's coming soon with the PlayStation 4 in October. And these guys are actually kind of playing, they're, uh, they're, I guess they showed some of it at the Denver Comic-Con, but they're playing around with VR headsets and reading comic books. So can you just, um, the reason I'm excited about it is, can you imagine like, they're going to, it, VR basically simulates a 200 inch screen up real close, and can you imagine just a static image of a comic book like that, or if there was even, say, uh, a graphic where Spider-Man would jump out or sound effects that would just enhance it and it's in your face and it's giant like that. I don't enjoy reading digital comics now, but wouldn't that be cool if that was a, a unique twist on the format and you're seeing it on a head goggle and it's ginormous and maybe they added some 3D-like uh, effects to the comic or just nothing. You just read this giant comic in front of your face. Uh, in, in that kind of humongous screen format. Can you imagine? So I'm very excited about it, and that's my fourth and final comic book feel-good factoid freebie from the DenverPost.com. So I will post all of these, share all of these at Sunspots Comics on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So those are my comic book feel-good factoid freebies. And I have one glimpse into the world of artificial intelligence. That's right, one article. And this article comes from gizmag.com. And I know I talk a lot about artificial intelligence, and for the most part, everything I read really about it, it just seems like artificial intelligence is primarily being used to send us spam, <laughs> to find ways to tell us what we want to buy before we even know we want to buy it. That's ultimately what artificial intelligence look, looks like it's primarily designed for now. I mean, I know I joke about the Terminator movies and the end of the world and the apocalypse, and I'm... Uh, who knows? But anyway, this is actually kind of neat because uh, this is titled Man-Machine Collaboration at Heart of New Artificial Intelligence X Prize." So you could be a little scared about this as well, that they're opening up this IBM X Prize, which is $5 bucks, 
to basically the person or participants that bring forward some new uh, developments, some new ways to organize, some some pushing the boundaries of artificial intelligence, and they're going to give, they're going to award. I think it's three million dollars for the winner. Uh, here it is. It's three million for the grand prize winner. And then there is a $1 million runner-up and 500 Gs for the third-place winner. So IBM is stepping forward here, sending out some cold, hard cash for some folks that can really turn up the the base for artificial intelligence. So uh, very cool. I think that's going to create some noise. It's going to get some maybe people interested in it that had some fantastic ideas, but now they can step forward and say we can actually win some money if we we, uh, just bring out this beautiful artificial intelligence uh, algorithm that they designed. So I think it's going to bring some people out of the woodwork, out of the shadows, if you will. So very cool. That's my one artificial intelligence glimpse into that world. So there you go. <laughs> so that uh, that does it for the comic book news. So let's get right into where the rubber meets the road, <laughs> which is my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, June 22nd. And spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yes, I do a pretty good job of not telling you the most delicious parts of the comics because I'm, I'm ultimately trying to inspire you to go buy them and read them on, the, on your own. But I do give you some of the tasty ingredients. So, you know, some of the salt, pepper, and garlic, salt, etc. in there. So, spoiler alert, you have been warned. But I'm just getting better and better with that. Of just enticing, but not spoiling. So, also, if you want to see everything I'm reading and all of my favorite picks from way back to May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Just click on pull list and click on top comic books of the week. I recently... Just updated it, compacted it, simplified it. So check out sunspotscomics.com. I'm proud of it. And uh, just, you know, peek in there from time to time. Again, sunspotscomics.com. And this week's art winners, I love to pick an art winner and a cover art winner. It was one and the same person again. It was Russell Dowderman on Thor number eight. It is gorgeous. It's just, it's just Thor in this lightning storm. It's blue and white. Blue's my favorite color. So I just love it. It really pops and Thor just just hovering down slowly from the sky. It's iconic. It's gorgeous. And if you look at any of Russell Dowderman's art, it's gorgeous. There is a scene in the opening sequence of Thor 8 that is just kind of circled by rainbowy paint-like colors. And it's just gorgeous. And his facial features, the, the eye looks... Everything. I mean, when you look at Jane Foster and she's stepping into the cancer ward where she's going in for chemo, that look on her face is just devastating. And she's unhealthy and her eyes are sunken and it's 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 horrifyingly gorgeous. But check out Russell Dowderman. His work is fantastic. You can't go wrong buying anything Russell Dowderman. And this week, I actually bought nine comic books and four of them made the favorite pick list, which is not bad, just a little under 50%. Small week of just nine comics. And there were three number ones. Well, two for sure, one sort of with Flash number one, Rebirth, again? I think that's the third number one. Are we going to move on? Are we ever going to see a number two? Um, don't be afraid, DC. Just just move forward with the numbering here. Let's And, and, it, and all the number ones this week uh, didn't make the top picks. The other one was Action Man and Lucas Stand. But yeah, 
none of the number ones made it to the favorite picks of the week. But here we go. These are my favorite comic book picks of the week for a new comic book day, June 22nd. So there's four of them. So coming in at number four is Department H, or Depth, from Dark Horse Comics. It's number three. I even like how they listed it as number three. It's in this rock that's in the top part of the screen, and there's just random threes everywhere. It kind of looks like a color by numbers, <laughs> but it's issue number three. That's a little different. From written story art Matt Kent, and I, I think a relative wife, Charlene Kent, that does the coloring. And let me tell you, this uh, this is gorgeous. The paper stock on this is is very, it's like notebooky style, but very thick. And the art style is just all sort of watercoloring, and it's it's just gorgeous, I have to say. And it's if you love that movie Abyss, or you love movies that are six miles in, under the uh, in under the ocean, this is the comic book for you. You quickly get a feeling that of claustrophobia. Um, there is some nice flashback here of, uh, that really s sets an interesting tone for the primary like, primary character who's a girl, which I've already forgot her name. But this shows a flashback when she was a kid, and it shows a character that she's involved with that she's ultimately, tr ultimately trying to solve the murder of her father. So it's heavy stuff, and it just seems like every issue from 1 to 2 to 3 have everyone is potentially a, a suspect here. It seems like... Everyone, maybe they all collectively killed her father. <laughs> Seems like they all have motive to do it. So this flashback explains a character you're going to see a little bit later. And we're um, just thrusted right into where she's in her her diving suit. And she's miles and miles down and she's unconscious. And she's saved by someone who definitely is a suspect of killing her father. And it's an awkward moment even though he saves her. She's kind of like, get off me. She's, he's kind of on top of her and... She quickly goes into the group that they just seem like they are just not nice people. Like, she just it doesn't, you don't get this feeling of warmth from anyone there. She's just this complete outsider and everyone is just, I just feel like she's in danger as well. Like, they're going to kill her as well. They killed her dad, they're going to kill her too. It just seems like it. And she's like, hey, my brother is down in that, that in the depths, he, he, we were they were attacked by a giant squid creature and the brother fell down, so please help me. And they're like, well, I guess if we have to help you, sure. They just don't even seem all that jazzed to kind of help save someone's life. I don't know if it's the depth, if it's twisted their brain, but there is someone that has some strange disease and he's very, he's very, uh, he's got, he's very poor, very, he's got knobs and, and pus-like uh, things popping out of him. It's very gross, so... Did the dad have this disease? Did it affect people's brains? Like, what is going on here? There's just so much happening. And and yeah, they, they realize that this person that's infected is just trying to sabotage this underwater uh, station. And they've got to get him sort of locked into a particular room. And so it's just, it's action, it's adventure. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I got to see where this goes. I think it's only seven parts, but... You li I love the uh, the water coloring art style. I love that it reminds me of the movie Abyss. So it's just fantastic. That's why it's my number four, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this till the end, and you should too. And number three from Marvel Comics is Doctor Strange, number nine, or AKA the Weirdo. I gave him that name. That's really not his AKA, but I like that. Let's call him the Weirdo. But <laughs> this is uh, writer Jason Aaron. I have two comics actually this week from Jason Aaron on the topics. Pencils by Chris Bachalo. And his pencils are gorgeous, amazing. You gotta look. I, 
One, the only ever sort of not even a minor, it's not, shouldn't even be a complaint. It's just you really got to spend time looking at Chris Bocciolo's art to figure out what's going on sometimes. That sort of happened in the first couple. But after that, he's finding a really awesome stride here where everything is is clearly displayed, but it's still in his style. And it's just it's just simplified and compacted and clearer. And I, I, I dig it. His art is gorgeous. But this is like sort of two stories going on. There is a younger group of of magicians that have or their lives anyway have been touched by magic and they feel a calling to sort of go to this particular area where Doctor Strange is going to make his final stand against this strange science enemy. <laughs> Start to kill him with science. And there's just uh, these young kids that gather saying that we have to do this. Doctor Strange needs us. They just sort of feel a calling. And Wong is, uh, is the attendant of Doctor Strange, of course, is there to sort of gather them together and say, yes, like we need to we need to help Doctor Strange. He can't do this alone. Every time he uses magic, it takes a, puts a burden upon his body and his life. And we all need to take some responsibility to that and share that burden of the use of magic. I just dug that concept. And I like that. And... Then you have Doctor Strange sort of on this adventure trying to find another artifact, which we see later is this skull of like his one of the people that trained him. So very interesting little peek into the backstory of Doctor Strange. And there's like a old kind of World War II plane that he just kind of leaps off this cliff and it's just kind of epic adventure, little Indiana Jonesy kind of feel here and and he's, he gets into the plane, and now they've got to quickly get to where they can battle this this Lord Imperator who is uh, who is just killing all the magic in the world. So it's it seems like it's coming to an end, and there's something that's unleashed in Doctor Strange's house, and in in it's gruesome looking. It reminds me of The Darkness, that old comic and video game. The Darkness, where it's just a ton of these scary-looking mouths and eyes in this black sort of... Venomy, venom kind of suit, and it's this being that is absolutely haunting, that uh, is just sort of standing in the dark and has this pale face, and he's attacking the Imperator, and uh, it seems like it's going to be a standoff there. They're kind of in the middle of it, as Doctor Strange is very much against uh, Wong and the young group of people. He realizes, hey, I've got enough uh, of these magic artifacts left, which is hardly anything, and he's going to make his final stand. So there's some twists here I don't want to spoil, but it is it is really reaching something just exciting here, and I'm all in, so that's why it's my number three. That's right, Dr. Weirdo. <laughs> and my number two is the mighty Thorette, Lady Thor, the goddess of Thunderette. Number eight, the mighty Thor. <laughs> And uh, this is by Jason Aaron. He just can do no wrong. He's the master of disaster. The master disaster blaster. Art by the art winner and cover winner of the week, Russell Dowderman. And it's just gorgeous art. I want it framed. I want it on the walls. I want it surrounding me. I want a t-shirt. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And he doesn't have Instagram, which is a bummer. But he's got Twitter and Tumblr. You can check out his art, Russell Dowderman. And... The first, this opening sequence is enough to buy this comic book just right off the bat. It's it's covered in this rainbow-like paint colors. It's like an awesome Skittles commercials infused with Thor. Just a week of a week in Thor, a, a peek, a glimpse into the week of Thor. It's like Wednesday she dug a well, Thursday she made falling stars, and she's destroying meteorites, and and uh, and then she went fishing with a friend. You have to see what that is, and. 
it's just this week in Thor, and then it's just happy, and it's it's she's fighting bad guys, she's she's uh, drinking like a Viking, she's raging like a Viking, and then she's back to Jane Foster going to a cancer ward. It's like oh, just talk about a come to a screeching halt there of fun. It's like uh oh, we're getting serious. It's the c word, hashtag f cancer, and. Like I said, the look of Jane Foster's face here with the eyes sunk in and she's peering right into your very soul. It's beautiful and it's haunting. And then you got S.H.I.E.L.D. coming in, just being like major D-bags here, wanting to seriously inter interrogate Jane Foster into who the identity of, of Thorette, Lady Thor, Goddess of Thunder. And she just like laughs at them. She's just like, I'm battling life-threatening cancer here and you're going to... And you're going interrog to interrogate me about who Thor is? Um, she just laughs it off, and it's it's an awkward moment for them. And it paints, the, it paints the S.H.I.E.L.D. organization in a bad light here. Because they're really pushing and trying to interrogate her. And then there's this, like, sort of Illuminati meeting in Switzerland where it's, like, it's Tib uh, Tiberius Stone, uh, the head of research of Alchemax, you have uh, Shingen Harada, the CEO of Yoshida Corporation. Sebastian Shaw, uh, the owner of Shaw Industries. Darren Cross, which uh, we know from, from Ant-Man. And Wilson Fisk is in this? So just like this bad guy Illuminati sitting around this meeting table. And they are, uh, it's an interesting conversation. I want to blow here what happens. But we all know uh, sort of the, who the bad guy is in this, this uh, comic that has been Dario uh, Agar, the CEO of Roxxon, who is invading all of the levels of Asgard for oil, <laughs> which is crazy. But uh, so we get a glimpse into that. I'm going to blow it. We go back into more interrogation from S.H.I.E.L.D. And then you finally have Agent Solomon that comes in of S.H.I.E.L.D. and says, like, yeah, this is enough. Like, what are you guys doing? And I thought that moment was really, uh, was really like, yeah, leave her alone. It's just like made you feel good. And, uh, and then she has to... Uh, Go be Thor again, but we go back to this meeting, and we're introduced to Obliette Midas, the aka the Exterminatrix, who's coming into this meeting and shooting at some folks. So you have to kind of see what happens there, but interesting twist, interesting turn. How's this going to change things? I mean, we had, uh, we have the, some of the the most dastardly, you know, uh, masterminds of evil sitting around a table. And maybe another one that's just hostile takeover? Not sure. So I got to see what happens next. Great cliffhanger at the end, but solid, solid pick. The Mighty Thor number eight at my number two. And the number one pick of the week is the, again, the longest title in the history of comic books ever. Just count the characters, folks. It's DC Universe Rebirth, Batman Detective Comics 935. Oh, my goodness. I have to take a drink of water after that. <laughs> So many characters. But this is uh, it's just, it's gorgeous, it's fun. It's like my favorite team gathering comic book, I guess, you know, from, say, X Men to Justice League to, to Avengers, etc. This is written by James Tinney in the Fourth, who I loved just recently doing the Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle team up. And art by Eddie Burroughs. One thing I have to say about Eddie Burrow's art, it's gorgeous, it's very realistic, it's gritty, it has a cool style to it with a little bit of uh, animated, DC animated feel, is he does these moments of where he really, really polishes up some panels, where it even like it's a change of st color stroke style and of coloring, and it has like a J.H. Williams, very polished, very um, sort of not as fine line, but a little more artistic style. 
that he just kind of throws in there. And it's a little jarring at first, but it's gorgeous when you really stop and look at it. And I went through after reading a couple of times and just sort of isolated those particular panels where he changed his art, sty art style. And it's gorgeous. I got to tell you, hats off. To uh, And I hope we see more from Eddie. And I know this is bi-weekly, so I know that uh, we'll maybe see him once a month or once every... However their rotation works out. But at least he did the art throughout because I know some of the rebirth, they were just having other people do penciling. But what's very cool is... They're sort of in a training room here. The team of, uh, that is just a crazy team, it consists of Clayface, it consists of Batwoman, which she's called the Orphan, and uh, Stephanie Brown, which I forget what they call her name, and of course, uh, Tim Drake is the Robin. He was Red Robin before, but he's just not anymore. And they address that a little bit. Actually, Batman discusses as to why he's not Red Robin anymore. It's time for him to be Robin. He wants him to step up. He's like, he actually has a little, a moment where he's like trying to like pep rally him and saying, look, the world is better with you. You need to, Gotham is a better place with you. You need to be in Gotham. And Tim's like, yeah, okay, sure. So they're in a, they're in the danger room here. They're in a training room where there's these armada, this army of jokers coming at them. And they've been at it for like three hours. And Batwoman is just cracking the whip and wants the entire team to just continually train. But it's a cool little sequence of where they call it the mud room. And they're in there for three hours, and they're fighting Jokers, and Clayface is sort of his his life essence is taking a beating because he's the primary catalyst of the Sentinels that everyone is fighting in the mudroom. So just a very cool sequence, training sequence of the Bat Team. And I like that in this, when they're in the Belfry, they call it Belfry. And it's a cool sort of the middle of Gotham Batcave. But... Batwoman is just really a, a, just a hardcore sergeant here. She doesn't care so much. To, and she's telling Tim, like, hey, you have a problem? Go see Batman. He selected me for this job. I'm going to do it. And until you, until we're going to keep pounding you until Batman feels you're all ready. So you don't like it? Tough. And she's just like tough loving the kids here. And Robin approaches Batman. There's a kind of a cool conversation. They're swinging through town, busting through a door here to, to find... Uh, Asriel, who has been damaged by the Batmen, and so they're checking out Gene Paul Valley and making sure he's okay, but he's kind of in a coma slash unconscious, and it's a mystery, and it's kind of cool that Batman's there just trying to figure out what's happening, and and John Paul is like just giving a little clue, and shadows, shadows under the surface, <sighs> and he's out, and it's just, it's just cool, it's just, you really feel like something is coming, something big is coming. And Batman is really trying to be prepared and get this Bat team ready. And uh, so that's the that's the, the thrust of this. And I just liked it all together. It was, it was also this great conversation with uh, Mr. Kane, who is, uh, is, is the father of Catherine, who is Batwoman. And you, and you, uh, and I forgot about this, but that the, the Kanes and the Waynes are related and that Batman is ultimately Catherine's, Bruce Wayne is Catherine's cousin, I think, from what they describe here. But they have a nice conversation with uh, Dad. He's like this high-level military person. He has to go speak to the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he's also giving her tough love. So you can see how the trickle-down comes from tough love from Dad to tough love to the Bat team. And then, so, Batman is reading some, some strange kind of readings in the Batmobile, and... He sees a ton of people, but on their radar, there's no one there, and it's the Batman. So, yeah, it's an exciting sort of adventurous end here, or is it end? 
and Batman's going up against an army by himself. The team's not ready. Like, what's going to happen? But it was just a lot of fun. It was the team gathering. It was they're assembling together, <laughs> and uh, the art is just fantastic. I, it was one that I, it was just it spoke to me so quickly and easily as just simply the number one comic book without any doubt. But that's why it's my number one pick of the week. DC Universe Rebirth Batman Detective Comics 935. <laughs> so please check that out. And there you go. There's all of my comic book recommendations for New Comic Book Day, June 22nd. Please go immediately to your local comic book shop and buy these immediately. And would you like to win a comic book prize? Would you like one? Well, just email me at chris at sunspotscomics.com. And with a question, a quandary, a recommendation, or whatever it may be. And if I do discuss your email on a podcast... I will just mail you a little comic book prize for free. So just send it on in there to Chris at SunspotsComics.com. And please tune in next week. I'm actually reading 13 comics, so a lot more comics next week for June 29th with three new number ones coming out. So I'm hoping you're good. I'm hoping to buy them. And I'm hoping to share that love with you. So thank you so much for listening. You've just listened to the issue number 60. And thank you so much. Please tell a friend again. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at SunspotsComics. And of of course... Don't forget to be like water, my friends. Be like water. Bye-bye. Long ago in a distant land, I, Aku, the shape-shifting master of darkness, unleashed an unspeakable evil. But a foolish samurai warrior wielding a magic sword stepped forth to oppose me. Before the final blow was struck, I tore open a portal in time and flung him into the future, where my evil is law. Now the fool seeks to return to the past and undo the future that is our Comics now.